0: Hello, my name is Dr. Jacqueline, and I am from DTP Leadership Group. And this is Hot Topic, Bold Talk. This evening, I'm going to present uh, Podcast 53 to you. And I decided on the title as A Fear of Loss from White People Has resulted in bans of books and what teachers and students can talk about in schools. Now, I think this podcast will help you know how to fight CRT critics, and not only that, be able to discuss these laws that are being passed that I think ultimately will be proven as unconstitutional. And I have an article from a southern property law center lawyer, uh, lawyer that used to be with the aclu so i think you'll find some really good information here <clears throat> now i presented a lot of different points of view in uh, each of the podcasts that i've given you from 48 to now and i've also provided what the critics have to say about critical race theory and crt and what is really the truth about critical race theory And to be honest, there are no articles that really state clearly what the Republicans profess is their theory or their foundation for their beliefs that has triggered the passage of these anti-CRT laws. They did not base their decisions on legitimate study of the theory, since they used the Fox News interview with a person who had no knowledge or experience with CRT. A staff member told Trump about the interview, and Trump ran with the idea of using the attack on CRT to get him white supporters. And now we have Republican-dominated states banning books and eliminating many persons of color resources as unacceptable unacceptable to be used in schools or appear in libraries. It's very clear that you can't discriminate against uh, races. So this will be an interesting time for us. Most of the articles are about what they are doing to change the history of our country, to attack transgender kids and their parents, and woke people and organizations. They've passed laws that are now being addressed in the courts, and the legal minds say that there are many ways that these laws can be challenged. Now, my attempt to find a, a creditable study or article on the reasons that Republicans are so fearful of critical race theory was unsuccessful. I looked at one study, however, it, it clearly has an agenda, and there are some very serious criticisms. From well-known reviewers about the writings from this organization, the organization is funded largely <clears throat> by major con uh, by major conservative uh, foundations and corporations, and their research on civil justice uh, system has been highly criticized in law journals. They've been criticized for using anecdotal information and in what they call inflated rhetoric, misrepresenting numerous aspects of subject matter and presenting no considered, objective or empirical-based measures. And I cannot provide information, but I will tell you the name of the institution. It's the Manhattan Institution since there are numerous other articles that talk about the, the products uh, that come out of it, of this institute. the state not only is it uh, misrepresentation, there's also omniscience. And the viewers said that they, they see them using manipulative and evasive methods of argument to try to justify their point of view. So that is the reason that I'm unwilling. To provide any information from them. And there's not any others that I could find. Now I want to start with an article by Robert Kim, who is the lawyer at the Southern Poverty Law Center. And he wrote an article on August 23rd, 2021, from the Southern Poverty Law Center, Learning for Justice. And the article title is What Critical Race Theory Is and What It Means for Teachers. The Southern Poverty Law Center has the greatest knowledge and experience about hate groups in America. They have been studying them for years and have lots of factual data. And they have an outstanding and well-recognized group of lawyers that have won many cases to counter unjust actions in the United States against citizens of our country. So, I'm going to go not and you i'm not going to use what he has to say about crt i'm going to use sections of it because i think he gives the best review of the laws and then how to counter them and in a section he calls what are anti-crt laws he says the following as of july 2021 26 states have proposed legislation for or executive actions banning or limiting the teaching principles attributed to CRT in public schools. Now, he puts in parentheses, to be clear, these proposals don't have all that much to do with actual critical race theory. So far, these bills have been signed into law in six states. Idaho, Iowa, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Texas, and four other states, Georgia, Florida, Montana, and Utah, have issued executive rules or memos with a similar purpose. It says, while the proposals vary in scope and content, one common goal is to discourage or prohibit staff training and or curriculum and instructions in public K through 12 and or post secondary schools that stereotypes, scapegoats, or causes discomfort or guilt among members of a particular race or sex or the government. By suggesting they are responsible for racism, sexism, or are inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive. Some proposals prohibit additional actions such as promoting divisions between or resentments of people of different races or classes or even suggesting that the advent of slavery in the country that is now the United States constituted the true founding of the United States. So what they're trying to do is give a direct response to uh, this 1619 Project. So let me tell you about the 1619 Project. The New York Times started the 1619 Project on August 14, 2019. In August of 1619, a ship, the White Line, appeared on the horizon near Point Comfort, a coastal uh, port in the English uh, colony of Virginia. He carried more than 20 to 30 enslaved Africans who were sold to the colonists. No aspect of the country that would be formed hereafter has been untouched by the years of slavery that followed. On the 400th anniversary of this fateful moment, it is finally time to tell our story truthfully. These slaves were traded in exchange for supplies. The goal of the 1619 project is to reframe American history by making explicit how slavery is the foundation on which the United States of America is built. And by considering what it would mean to regard 1619 as the nation's birth year, rather than the arrival of the Mayflower ship on December 16, 1620, that so many quiet kids know about. They don't know about that. A white lion. <clears throat> now, the 1619 Project has also been written up in the Gleason Library. And one of their questions that they answered was, what is the objective of the 1619 Project? The 1619 Project is a bold interpretation that is faithful to the intent of the founding documents and faithful to the reality of America today, where Inequity reigns in defiance of our founding virtues. I think it was such a powerful statement because it's really so clear what has happened here. The 1776 project, or the beginning of our country, is right to center Black achievement and to speak of America's unique ability for opportunity. But they are different. The 1619 Project is really telling how we form. 1776 talks about what we'd like to see in our country. In the uh, medium.com, they ask another question. What is the 1619 Project for Children? The 1619 Project's lyrical picture book, in verse uh, chronicles the consequences of slavery and the history of Black resistance in the United States, thoughtfully rendered by Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Nicole Hannah-Jones and Newbery Honor-winning author Renee Watson. It's an amazing book. I think you need to get it, and particularly if you have children. But I think it's great for adults as well. In every DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion program that I've ever provided, white people do not know about the arrival of the white line. However, African Americans do. Republicans are making every attempt to erase the true history of the United States and refuse to face the fact that our country started in 1619 with the arrival of the white line which started slavery in the colonies. Now, I want to go on to another of his section of this article entitled, Can I Still Discuss and Teach Issues Pertaining to Racism or Sexism in Schools or Staff Trainings? The Southern Poverty Law Center, again, is filled with lawyers that are experts in this field. So Kim says, yes, you can still teach it. However, it depends on whether an anti-CRT law is in effect where you teach or work or not. There may be a few restrictions on how you teach or provide training on these concepts. Check with your school administrator and take a moment to look up your state to get clear on the rules of the road. A scan of the provisions in states where anti-CRT legislation has passed reveals that educators and school training facilitators still enjoy wide latitude. I thought this was interesting because I live in Texas and I hear uh, there's so many negative things going on. But I think it is important to know it. For example, in Texas, educators can... And may be required to teach topics related to the history and importance of the civil rights movement and the history of white supremacy, including but not limited to the Institute of Slavery, the eugenics movement, and the uh, Ku Klux Klan, and the ways in which it's morally wrong. In Idaho, any curriculum that was allowed before is still okay as long as no student is compelled to adhere to certain tenets ascribed to critical race theory. In, Ida- in Iowa, the prohibited content is allowable in staff training, diversity training, if these trainings are voluntary, and even if mandatory. Training is occurring, trainers are allowed to respond to questions related to critical race theory, as described in the statute. And Iowa and New Hampshire ed- educators or diversity trainers can still teach or train about the historical existence of ideas and subjects related to, and here the long list, race and gender, the inherent humanity and equality of all persons, sexism, slavery racial oppression or racial segregation promote racial eth- eth- cultural or eth- uh, ethnic or intellectual diversity or inclusion or teach any topic otherwise prohibited in the uh, legislation as part of a larger course of academic instruction so they can go ahead and teach what is prohibited but they can also, uh, because if you put it in an extended uh, program. In parentheses, Kim says, and in fact, many of these anti-CRT bills contain similar provisions that allow educators to continue teaching topics related to racism, sexism, history, the civil rights movement, and anything that's prescribed under state academic content uh, standards. Now, Florida is really, you know, it's changed a lot of the content standards. Another section of Kim's article is, are the anti-CRT laws legal? And here's what he said. States do have the broad discretion to control the content of classroom instruction. Are school employee trainings? They can enact laws with a discriminatory purpose, for example, if they are directly harmful at at specific racial or ethnic populations. Laws can be so vague that it's impossible for educators or state-funded contractors or trainers to decipher what's allowed or what's not. And laws that unduly restrict academic freedom or the ability of students to receive a diverse range of information, which will be these, we're going to need these banned books, to receive a diverse range of information and ideas may violate the First Amendment. Now remember something. He says, Public school educators enjoy free uh, speech protection when they choose to speak out on issues of racism, sexism, and other matters of public concern in their personal capacity. That means on their own time. That said, in a highly connected world, even personal speech may impact the school community In general for public school education. The more unconnected to work your speech is, as indicated by what, when, where, to whom, and how you are communicating, the greater your right to speak freely. Government employees do have a right to speak out at work, but this right is more limited than when they are speaking in their personal capacity. His last article is about what can I do to address anti CRT laws. Kim says, these anti-CRT laws are are <clears throat> creations of state legislatures and our governors. If you're experiencing a problem or unnecessary restrictions related to your job, report it to your local or state elected representative or your union representative, if you have one. That's your right. You may also wish to pay a visit to a civil rights advocacy organization defending free speech or educators' rights. As a former ACLU attorney, Kim says, I always appreciate calls from educators. They help me to understand how laws or policies impact practitioners on the ground, whether or not I later represent them in court. On the school and community level, he says you may wish to raise the topic of anti-CRT laws at a staff or supervisory meeting. Your goal is to understand clearly what's prohibited and what isn't. There are a lot of loopholes in these laws. School trainers may wish to have a dialogue with school administrators prior to conducting professional development sessions to clarify permissible versus prohibited content. And and he says, be sure and get this in writing, what the administrator says. And remember to keep the language of this anti-CRT provision in front of you so that you can be very clear about what you're addressing there and what you're providing to your audience. Now, from Podcasts 48 through 53, I believe I have learned more than I ever knew about Critical Race Theory, or CRT, and also understand now the critics' attacks of CRT and what they did. Learning the history of how Trump and the Republicans quickly latched on to using CRT, which they had never studied or or understood, shows the lack of honest appraisal of CRT or critical race theory. They used it to increase fear in white voters and gain political support. Trump and the Republicans' actions were a way to attempt to reverse racial advancement that would lead our country to live the values of equity for all citizens of the United States. This final podcast on CRT shows the reasons that we constantly hear Republicans placing a ban on books that have been recognized as works that are valuable for all of us to read to understand the history and the present-day experiences of African Americans and all people of color. There are many white people that do not support what the Republicans are doing. There are Democrats and Republicans who see the disaster of what Trump and the mega-Republicans have created in our country. It is time for all of us to continue to read, educate ourselves about the outrageous attacks on voting rights, people of color, women's rights to determine what what is appropriate for their own body, and attacks against transgender kids whose parents cannot make decisions about medical care for their children. That they need to receive. Republican governors and legislatures do not have the right to refuse to deal with the violence against the LGBTQ plus community and the insane killings of citizens due to the lies, hatred, and the irrational statements that started with Trump and are now pervasive with mega Republicans. I watched the show, The View. Very seldom do, but I watched it because Cassidy Hutchinson was on it. And her comments and her statements before the Congress and the stand she took against Trump and mega Republicans was what she was talking about. Remember, she was a rising star as a White House aide under Trump. And until her testimony... And after that, she was severely punished and has had to live very carefully and with protection. I encourage you to read the write-up in People magazine in October second, 2023 edition. She has made it clear the reason that the Republican women are standing up for democracy rather than the Republican Party. Cassidy Hutchinson praised Liz Cheney for supporting the truth coming out about Trump and also for putting her political career and the Republican Party aside. Hutchinson ended her uh, comments on the view by saying Trump is not fit to be president again. She talks about her value structure and what she finally realized and how she had to leave and testify. And of all of us, and she says, all of us need to stand for democracy and make certain he is never president again. Her new memoir, Enough, which came out September 26, details her quick rise in politics and what happened after she risked it all. I want to thank you for listening to Podcast 53.